I'm Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved Snoopy in space, get ready for more new great Peanuts content. The Snoopy Show premieres this Friday, February 5th on Apple TV+. Joining me right now are executive producer Mark Evestaff and Gene Schultz, chairman of the board of Charles M. Schultz Creative Associates and president of the Charles M. Schultz Museum. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having us, Jackson. Thanks, Jackson. You're welcome. It is nice to talk with both of you. Mark, I'm going to start with you. I got to watch these uh, episodes of this show back in December, and they're so sweet and so charming. And in the first one, we get into Snoopy's autobiography. It's such a fun way to start. Why did you decide to uh, start with Snoopy's autobiography for this series? Well, it's interesting. The first episode is a bit of an origin story in some ways. All of the source for the story, these stories all go back to the comic strip. Charles Schultz did almost 18,000 strips, and so... Um, a lot of this stuff uh, just came from the strip in terms of the idea generation. We thought, you know, we could do a bit of a, uh, an origin story with Snoopy uh, uh, meeting Charlie Brown. We obviously took some liberties. It's not how exactly how it went in the strip, but it certainly was inspired by the strip. It's very fun to watch. And Gene, you know, we, we've had this big transition for the Peanuts characters over to Apple in these last couple of years. What was it about... Mark and his team's vision for the next chapter of this iconic brand that made you comfortable with this team uh, moving forward with these characters? First of all, Apple wanted new content, and they were willing to collaborate with Creative Associates, the business arm, if you will, of Peanuts Worldwide of the, with the Peanuts brand, and to work with the family, my stepson Craig and his son, who help with the writing, so that was our comfort zone. We would know that they weren't going to take the Peanuts characters and do with them whatever they thought the market wanted at the time. And I think that's what happens with a lot of shows. If you see them, the first one is brilliant, and, and then they just become clones of something, something else. And we don't want that to happen to Peanuts because it's too precious to us. Yes, these episodes uh, feel so classic in that sense and genuine and nostalgic, but the new generation of kids, I think, will really latch on to them because you stay true to who the characters are. And uh, speaking of one of those characters being Snoopy, Mark, his movements are so fast. How do you and the animation team create and work with his quick motions and his expressions over these episodes? Well, honestly, it's a lot of work. We learned early on, and, and this is, again, digging back into the strip. And we also, you know, in the strip, Snoopy's quite vocal. He's, um, he speaks his mind all the time. But obviously, in the cartoons, he doesn't speak. And that was, a, that was sort of a big thing. He makes vocalizations. And so one of the big things we learned early was to, um, you know, a lot of pantomime, a lot of acting, and really just act it out. Like, there's no other way to make Snoopy than to just draw. And so... You know, we have a, a team of over 120 artists and some really talented animators and posers and storyboard artists and directors. And basically, it's just work. It's just posing, uh, going back to the this, this strip again for poses. We're, we had, you know, this benefit of this huge library mm. of uh, uh, Charles Schultz poses that we pull from. And so we're just being faithful to that and just a lot of work. Your team had to study the comic strip because in the comic strip, there are many strips that have no words. They tell a story with no words, with expressions, with eyes, with 
eyes closed, eyes open. One of my favorites, and I haven't been able to find the strip again, is a strip that has no words, and Snoopy is sitting there in the same position all the time, but his eyes change as something happens in front of him. I can't find the strip again. It drives me crazy. Um, I don't want to go through all 17,000 individually, but, um, but Sparky told a big story with one line of his in the strip. So your team, Mark, studied that and has used that to make this authentic and funny. One of the interesting things Charles Schultz always said was cartooning is just simply good design, and that is a testament to the timelessness of these characters um, and the design. He's already a talented artist at a young age and then just worked tire- tirelessly to pose these characters out, continually refining, refining, and then, you know, what we have is uh, the spoils of, you know, again, almost 18,000 strips to reference. Which is absolutely amazing, and you're right that these characters are so timeless, and always around the holidays, we watch the big uh, holiday specials, and I like that in one of the episodes of the Snoopy show, Happiness is a Snow Day, we see characters on the ice skating rink, and they're trying to catch snowflakes on their tongues. Gene, how did it feel for you watching Mark and the creative team bring us back to some of the classic holidays and some of the classic places and situations with these characters? Well, I think it's been a it's been a relief um, to see as the shows developed because you don't know when you begin something. You know, the story looks good. You see some preliminary drawings and preliminary animation, and you don't know where it's going to go from there. So everybody can have the best intentions, but carrying those intentions out and as you said, making just his movements in the animation, making them look like Snoopy, it's such a relief to see that it's, tr- it's true to what we expect, both from the comic strip and from previous animation. Fans will not be disappointed at all. Uh, Mark Evestaff and Gene Schultz are joining me right now on the LCJ Q&A podcast all about the Snoopy show this Friday, Feb 5, on Apple TV+. The Peanuts movie from 2015 was such a delightful big screen feature for the gang. And in the Frightfully Snoopy episode, you take everyone to the cinema for a scary movie. Mark, how fun was that to put together? (laughs) Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun to sort of revisit some of this stuff and again digging back into the strip and you know working with these you know a lot of these stories are again either pulled from or inspired by a nugget that we find in in, in one of the strips and uh and just you know again just following snoopy he's, he's such a unique character unique to our world but also unique to the world of the penis gang too in terms of his flights of fantasy and his personas so that it's just been a it's been an absolute delight a dream uh, come true certainly for me as a big fan that's great. Yeah, he's a unique character in the entire uh, animation library, uh, without question. And there will probably be many youngsters who are watching these characters for the first time through the Snoopy show. Gene, what were your first reactions to seeing these characters, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Linus, either in the strip or on one of the specials for the very first time? Yeah, you grew up with them. For me... I read the comic strip, and then I saw the specials, and they were just one of a piece. You just expected, that's what you expected them to be. It wasn't, oh, they're taking a comic strip and they're making, I mean, I wasn't that sophisticated. I just, I just saw, read the comic strip and 
saw the animated specials and thought they were the same. I mean, that's the magic, I think, of it, is that you don't recognize, if you're, if you're as sort of dim-witted as I am, you just think it's, it's all the same. Those specials are so iconic, and and the comic strip as well. They're they're framed in houses uh, across America, across the world, and and now everyone will get to watch them on all their different uh, technological devices through Apple TV Plus. And and Mark, when working on Snoopy in Space and the Snoopy Show, you had all these resources to pull from. But what did you discover about Snoopy, Charlie Brown, these characters that e- even as being a fan, you had never known or realized before? One of the one of the interesting things is even with all of this reference and um, and all these ideas is it's really hard and you know to draw these characters like one slight little movement of course uh, um, I don't have to draw them but for for a lot of our artists it was really tricky to get this style again even with having this reference because they're so it's so refined but yet so hard you move an eyeball slightly it doesn't look like Charlie Brown uh, the head shape just off doesn't look like the character. So mm. it's really interesting, you know, once you dig down how, how difficult they are. And the other thing that was sort of the pace, as, you know, in today's landscape, a lot of these cartoons are, are really fast-paced, and the peanuts pace a little more slowed down. And that was something that when we were looking at it and doing the animatics, we weren't sure if it was going to work. And as soon as, you know, we did that, that peanuts pace really worked and really just felt right, and that's reflected in the shows. I think that's the miracle, is is learning how to... To draw that head that's almost a circle, and uh, but isn't, and is so recognizable, and you can't make a mistake with it. You have to, you have to get it right. And the same with the bend in Snoopy's nose and the length of the nose and the proportion of his ears to his face. That all of those things are important to to making it believable. We, there's a funny story. You can cut this out if you want. Um, Jackson, but the Harbin Ice Carvers did a Christmas show in Nashville at Grand Old Opry a few years ago. We went down. Mm. They're beautiful ice carvers. They've been carving in Russia for years, and they said that they had the hardest time making the heads. They had a great body and a great neck, but they had a bunch of heads out in the backyard <laughs> that they had to just cut off and carve the head again so even those people who weren't making anything move they were just static and they couldn't get the heads right without trying over and over and over again and the whole idea of a whole bunch of peanuts heads out in the backyard i thought was very amusing wow yeah that is because you got to be precise with those details because the fans will notice does somebody have a picture of all those heads just sitting around there <laughs> a, a lot of our- I, i'm sure somebody does yeah. i suppose yeah. i don't have it yeah yeah, yeah. That, that is that is quite something. You do a great job with the details and the looks of the characters. And to wrap things up here, Gene, you know, honestly, where does your experience with this Snoopy show rank among all the Peanuts ventures that you've been involved in throughout your life? Well, gosh, it's very exciting because it's something that since my husband died 20 years ago, we have been saying that we have to give access to a new generation to the comic strip and to his work and to his characters and to the philosophy and to everything Peanuts embodies. And there have been fits and starts. And as I said, it is a relief to be working with this 
group with Wild Brain and the care that they're putting into it, and they better not stop putting the same care into it. <laughs> that is an order. Well, yeah, your, your husband's legacy lives on and will continue to live on for so many generations through all the work that you will all be able to do and currently now with The Snoopy Show, which is just wonderful, premiering this Friday, February the 5th on Apple TV+. Plus. Congrats on Snoopy in Space and this. Mark and Jean, thank you so much for being on this episode of the LCJ Q&A. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jackson. You're welcome. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Thanks for listening to this episode of the LCJ Q&A Podcast.